GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. It's 11.59 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. And welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. Come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern. And I have no idea if my audio is doing good. I took everything apart today and put it all back together. So, DJs out there, give me some feedback, if you would, on if this audio is doing okay. All right. So, this is our Daily Gun Show, and this is Tuesday. And on Tuesdays, we talk about 2A and... We have a couple of things we talk about. We feature a state each week. This week, it'll be Idaho. We're going to talk about 2A in Idaho. And then uh, we'll usually talk about a Second Amendment advocate and a Second Amendment organization, among other things. Our goal in this show is to talk about things that are important, not necessarily just the things that are urgent, so that we can evolve our conversation and get capable of taking care of more than what's on the table. So let's dig in. So uh, I think I had something. I'm going to have to go over to the Daily Gun Show's channel. I'm not logged into Daily Gun Show right now. Let's see if we got anybody voting in the poll. We have two votes in the poll so far. I guess I have to log in to Daily Gun Show in order to see the votes unless I uh, upset the votes by voting on them, but uh, we do have a poll here on the YouTube side, so anybody that joins our chat live has an opportunity to determine the future of this show by voting on the show or the state we're going to focus on next week. I came over here to look at something. I remember what I came over here to look at now. I guess I'm going to have to log in, but, uh, oh, that's what I came over here for, to see if we, I think I put up a poll to find out which activist we should uh, focus on for the show this week. And we did this over on the uh, Daily Gun Show YouTube channel. I don't want to obscure nothing by messing with the poll so instead of voting on it what I'll do is just switch my account and now that I'm logged in with this account I can just see I can refresh this page and instead of just seeing the poll I will see the results of the poll because I'll be the admin of this channel wow internet's going a little bit slow tonight instead of just seeing the poll and now over here, I will also be able to see the results of this one. Oh, it looks like John Lott is winning by three votes to two. Four votes to two, baby. One vote for Marty Hayes, one vote for Julianne Varsno, and 
five votes, four votes for John Lott. Over here, looks like Florida is winning for next week's run. I'll probably start putting up a poll. You know, it takes a little time to put up these polls because it just takes some time to set them up. This first one I just set up with names, but after a little while, I have a whole bunch of them scheduled over here. See, there's 38 posts scheduled. So I scheduled a bunch of posts, and the goal is with this channel and with these projects is to uh, promote other people who are doing good stuff. So with the poll, what I'll do is in the future, eh, we got a little... Uh, Potato bugs? I don't know what you call them around where you were at. One just came up and flew up and touched me. It's really creepy. So uh, we have um, different polls showing up each week, which we'll use to let you vote. Or let anybody vote on which Second Amendment advocate we'll talk about. So tonight it looks like it'll be John Lott. So the easiest thing to do is to type John Lott into a search engine, and then the engine will search for things that have to do with John Lott. John Lott sentenced to 420 minutes imprisonment. It's probably not the same John Lott. All right, so why don't we go get rid of the 60% and just type in that John Lott. Now we can go to Wikipedia, which is never wrong. Wikipedia says John Lott was born in 1958. He's American economic economist political commentator, and gun rights advocate. Lott was formerly employed at various academic institutions at the American Enterprise Institute conservative think tank. He's a former president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, a nonprofit he founded in 2013. He worked in the Office of Justice Programs within the Department of Justice under the Trump administration from 20 to 21. He holds a Ph.D. in economics from UCLA. He has written for both the academic and popular publications. He's authored books such as More Guns, Less Crime, The Bias Against Guns, and Freedomnomics. Best known as a gun rights advocate, he has argued against restrictions on owning and carrying guns. Newsweek referred to a lot as the gun Crowds guru. Okay. Uh, so let's see. He uh, studied at UCLA, received a bachelor in 1980, a master's in 82, and a doctorate in 1984. He's held positions at several institutions Yale, Hoover Institution, UCLA, Business School, Texas AM, Rice University. So he can't hold the job. He was the chief economist at the United States Sentencing Commission from 88 to 89. Spent five years as a visiting professor and something and something and other things. He left something and was a senior something and yeah, a bunch of stuff to know in those business. Uh, he's appeared in such places as the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Los Angeles Times, USA Today, Chicago Tribune. Since 2008, he's been a columnist for Fox News. In 97, article written by Colonel Mustard and Lott, subsequent books, More Guns, Less Crime, and The Bias Against Guns. Lott argued allowing adults, okay, I'm going to read all that, good paragraphs, uh, in 2006, 
he filed suit for defamation against some publishers over the book Freakonomics. Uh, okay. There's a disputed survey in 2000. Lot claimed to have undertaken a national survey of 2,400 respondents in 1997, the results of which were a source for claims he'd been made since 1997. However, in 2000, three years later, Lot was unable to, to produce the data on any of the records showing the survey of those 2,000 peoples had been undertaken. He said that he had a hard drive crash. Uh-oh. The original tally sheets had been abandoned and other personal property in his move from Chicago to Yale. He could not recall any names of the students who he said he had worked with on it. Critics questioned whether the survey had ever taken place. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, let's see. Why North Dakota? What do you mean, why North Dakota? Why are people picking North Dakota? Oh, I don't know. Probably because it's so awesome. It's close to Bob. All right, so basically there's a whole bunch of stuff over here on Wikipedia you can check out, but Wikipedia's pretty lame. So if you keep looking for Jad Lot, you'll find them on a bunch of different places. You got some videos, a bunch of different uh, sources. However, if you go over to Minuteman University and then head over to the gun to a activists, scroll down. He's in Virginia, but whatever. Scroll down, and somewhere in here will be. Uh, that dude, John Lott. Uh, it's been a while since I drew that cartoon, so give me a minute. I'll find it. Maybe it's up here more. And eventually we'll find the cartoon of John Lott, which should be in here somewhere. I try to keep them by what their ages are, but... Uh, in this case, I don't think I have them in the list. What's up with that? So now we'll go over to 2A Researchers. And it's right there. And so we got the PhD in economics. We got that. Economist, political commentator, and gun rights advocate. We got that. 1997 study analyzed crime rates. Got that. Uh, and that one's disputed. Then he made a book about it. Got that. Concealed carry laws has resulted in significant crime reductions. Okay. Bias against guns, another book. So you did the Crime Prevention Research Center. Looks like a magnifying glass, the logo. Do I have a little picture of it here? No. And then uh, finally came out with the war on drugs, arming yourself against gun control lies. And then Freedomonomics. All right. And then uh, crimeresearch.org is the name of the website. And... This was a video from the Gun Rights Policy Conference, I think, but maybe somebody took it down. That does happen. And uh, there we go. So there's some information about John Lott from our Minuteman University site. There you go. Crump is in there. He is. Not a, Well, yeah, under researchers, too, right there. Bam. Oops, right there. Bam. All right, so uh, 
next up, I guess, we'll be taking a look at, oh, an organization. So if somebody wants to pick an organization, feel free. And then we'll use that organization. Otherwise, we're going to flip over here to this, which is a misprint of my 50 states of 2A. So we were just over there on the internet, that internet, looking at the uh, Minuteman University website. That website is a bunch of website pages. It's a very large website. Oops. And what we've attempted to do is offer skills and resources for Second Amendment advocates over there, but it's a very large website and it's a website. So it doesn't do any good if your power's turned out. And some people like to use books to get information across still. So we have this uh, information. We did a crowdfunding thing a while back to take some time and to figure out how to take a bunch of information from that that we've accumulated and posted on the website and put it into a book. This is a really bad printout of the book where, if you can see, half of it is upside down and the other half isn't because I printed. I had the paper in backwards when I printed, and it comes up being goofy. So this is the one I've been using for our... Uh, weekly thing here. So if we're looking for Idaho, is it going to be near Indiana? Idaho, look at that. So the way this book is written, uh, the, the way the book is laid out is it's one page per state. And some states, here's uh, Missouri, you know, has quite a bit of stuff on it. Other states like Idaho don't have as much stuff. So we'll go through the stuff that Idaho does have. And then you see there's a section of the page that has some other stuff. In this case, it's a bunch of different gun shows around the country. Some of the other pages, like uh, Montana, that didn't have as much stuff to fill up a whole entire page, uh, we have famous females on that page. So we have some, I tried to make this very much like an almanac, you know, just kind of fill it with information so that every time you pick it up, you can find something new to look at, or if you get stuck somewhere, there's always more information in this thing. So uh, we tried to have some of this kind of data also, sort of the idea of this book is to have it nearby. If you're having a conversation, if you're uh, having a live chat in one of these internet forums and you want to reference something, in this case, the gun shows, you have a pretty good idea of some of the largest industry events and shows listed here. What time, what you, part time of the year they are, not necessarily a calendar, but a time of the year, and then uh, locations, unless they wander. So uh, we have Idaho. Let's get into it. Now, each state has a certain amount of information that we uh, have for each of the states, and then it's up to the state as much 2A as they've offered, and we've been able to research is what we get into. So I think I'm going to need to adjust my robot eyeball here just a second so I can get this thing to focus without being weird all night. I think if I just rub his eyeball a little bit this way, there we go. So this is uh, all about Idaho. They are the 43rd state. They were admitted into our union on July 3rd, just the other day, except in 1890. Now, all but nine of the states have a uh, Second Amendment, and this is a state that definitely has a second, or excuse me, all but nine of the states, well, all the states have a constitution. All but nine of the states have a Second Amendment in their constitution. I mean, Idaho is not making it easy for nobody. They have the giant, the hugest Second Amendment in their state constitution that anyone's ever heard of or seen or even considered. 
it's a weird looking state. I don't know where they get off having this long of a constitution, let alone a second amendment. But I'm not even kidding. This much of it is their second amendment. So here we go. This is Article 1, Section 11 of the Idaho Constitution. The people have the right to keep and bear arms, which right shall not be abridged. But this provision shall not prevent the passage of laws to govern the carrying of weapons concealed on the person, nor prevent passes of legislation providing minimum sentence for crimes committed while in possession of a firearm nor prevent passage of legislation providing penalties for the possession of firearms by a convicted felon, nor prevent the passage of legislation punishing the use of a firearm. No law shall impose licensure, registration, or special taxation on the ownership or possession of firearms or ammunition, nor shall any law permit the confiscation of firearms except those actually used in commission of a felony. You kidding me? That's what Idaho has for their second amendment. So instead of 26 words, they're like, oh, wait a minute, we can do this in 26 paragraphs if we, if we really work at it. That's the longest second amendment I've ever heard. And I don't like any part of it. it I mean, I like the first couple letters. The people have the right to keep and bear arms. And then they could take an eraser and get rid of all the rest of that weirdness. All right, next we have open carry, which they can do without a permit. Concealed carry, since 1990, it's been shall issued. Uh, they have 129,000 permits issued as of 2017. It's kind of a lot considering how many people live in Idaho. But what are you going to go around stealing potatoes? You're not stealing their potatoes. Constitutional carry, yes. Thank you very much since July 1st of 2016. So just uh, something like 126 years after they became a state, they're like, you know what? Let's do constitutional carry. Let's do it. They were the ninth state to do it. Then you got suppressors for hunting, but not in Idaho. Nope, nope, nope. That is still prohibited. So can't do that. State firearm? No, they can't get around to it. They're too busy growing potatoes and having a weird shape to come up with a state firearm. Ten other states have a state firearm. Texas just did theirs last year. So come on, Idaho. What's up with that? Is it going to be a potato gun? I'm just saying. Uh, then we get the Second Amendment sanctuary status. Some of the states have a status. Some states don't. Idaho has a thing that says on March 19, 2014, Governor Butch Otter signed SB 1332 to protect Idaho law enforcement officers from being directed by the federal government to violate citizens' rights under Section 11, Article 1, remember that, of the United States, of the Idaho Constitution. So that's a kind of a weird Second Amendment sanctuary status, but it's Idaho. What are you going to do? So they kind of live right there between Montana, which is a pretty cool state, and Washington, which, you know what I'm saying? Washington. So what's Idaho going to do? They just have to sit there. And then they got Canada. This much of them touches Canada. That's got to be really awkward. All right. So next we get to talk about some of the things that happen in Idaho. You know, I guess, guess what? There's not that many things. So the first thing is the World's Fast Draw uh, say? Association. World's Fast Draw Association formed in 1976 in 
That's right. Idaho. Then we have the Rimfire Challenge Shooting Association, RCSA, created in 2018. Oh, I guess my point at it. Sorry. Look, I'm trying to read, not look at the camera. So this is the Rimfire Challenge Shooting Association. I don't know what that is, but I'm guessing in, in Idaho, you're going to shoot rimfires a lot. Then we got Spear. So Spear, the bullets, started in 1943 in Idaho. CCI started in 1951, Idaho. Both in the same place in Idaho. Do you know why? Anybody know why? Anyone? Anyone? Know why both Spear and CCI started in Idaho? In Idaho? In the same town, just a couple of years different from each other. Anyone? So then you get Gemtech, also in Idaho, started in 1976. Now they moved in 2017 to Massachusetts. Now they moved to Massachusetts. So I don't know what happened. They get bought by Smith and Wesson or something. I don't pay attention enough. And then you get Saw Shaw shooting. Shoot Shaw shooting started in 2012 in Hagerman. And evidently, that's a uh, uh, ex-military uh, civilian trainer that uh, offers, I believe, long distance, if I remember right, and some other things, uh, instruction up in Idaho. Now, there's some other stuff that happened in Idaho. I don't get into all that, but uh, with just talking about Second Amendment-looking stuff and legal stuff, that's what I know. So uh, if there's more stuff from Idaho, let me know. There's definitely room on the page for more stuff. So what we did to fill up room on the page is add the gun shows there. So we'll take a little time to talk about that since it's on the page. However, before we do that, we'll mention, if you look on the side there, it says this state was sponsored by uh, Garrett and Tim. So I don't know who Tim is. Let me think for a minute. I don't think I know who Tim is, but we know Garrett is more than likely Gun Library Garrett. So uh, Gun, Guy, Gun Library Garrett uh, was one of the people that helped sponsor quite a few of the pages on this. Uh, the way we did the crowdfunding for this project, since the information already existed, and what we were trying to do was get the information from the internet into a format like this. Uh, a couple of things. I'm still learning the software, still learning how to print these things, obviously. And then... Uh, you know, it doesn't cost that much to put it together, but some ink and stuff and some paper, I guess. So uh, we did this as a crowdfunding really for the time more than anything and for the knowledge, the time it takes to figure it all out. So thanks to Garrett. Uh, he helped with a bunch of the different pages on here and to Tim. And I'm not sure how many pages Tim helped on. Maybe he lives in Idaho. Okay, so then we have uh, the gun shows. Let's take a look at those. So I listed them in order of... Did I order some in order of I'm looking? Honestly, these are just in order of chronological. So just nothing about size or anything. But shot show is usually the first thing. I mean, it's technically not. If you count hunting shows, there's some hunting shows that start earlier in the year than shot show. Um, Texas or Dallas Safari Club, I'm pretty sure happens right before shot show. And then another hunting one happens right after shot show. So shot show is the world's largest. Uh, Shooting, hunting, and outdoor trade show. That's what it stands for. And it's been going on since the 80s. Then you got Las Vegas Antique Gun Show, which is the longest running event in Vegas, from what I understand. 
It's a really nice gun show. They have a lot of custom knives and knife makers and the stuff that you make knives out of at that show also. And it's a unique gun show and that it's literally all antiques. I mean, there's nothing new. The newest thing would be World War II and there's not that much World War II stuff. Uh, then you've got um, Great American Outdoor Show, I've never been. That's a 10-day show, so it spans two weekends. That's why that one's unique. It started out being a, a show to kind of counter all the West Coast stuff because nobody wants to do a show out east. Those people are too annoying or mean to people. So they want to do their shows out here where we're nice and pleasant and all the time. But uh, they did this show in Pennsylvania for 10 days, and then it failed, and then the NRA bought it, and then the NRA is doing it now, I guess. But it sounds like a pretty neat thing. It's unique in the fact that it's difficult for the people that run the show, the tables and stuff there, because they have to be there for 10 days. And most people are at a place for a weekend, and that stresses their family life out. So for a company to have somebody there, they really have to, to push it or you know ask the people to go above and beyond to, to deal with that show. And for the people that show up, who only show up for one day, they don't always take into consideration that the people who are at the show have been there for like 10 days sometimes, you know, seven days when they're used to being in the show for two, three, maybe. If Shot Show, they're there for four. So being at a show for five or six days, I can't imagine your customer service anymore. So the stories that you hear about that show and the whole concept of that show to spread two weekends, totally unique. I'm not sure about all that. Um, next we have Sioux Falls Trophy Gun Show. I don't know why I put that in there. I never even heard of it before. I don't. I literally don't remember putting that in there. But it must have been a gun show. Knob Creek Machine Gun Shoot. It's over now. They gave up. They gave in, and they succumbed to not doing stuff instead of doing stuff. Then you get Wanamakers, the largest gun show in the world. Happens twice a year. You'll see it in here in May, or excuse me, in April. And then you'll see it again in November because it happens twice a year. The largest gun show in the country, which makes the world because other countries pretty much suck butts. All right. And then we have St. Louis International Cartridge Show. Never been. Can't wait to go one year. It's, a, it's an entire gun show for ammo collecting. That would be amazing. Then you have the uh, Colorado Gun Collectors Association. Now, that's I, I don't know if they just call it the Gun Collectors, but that's another antique show. More like Cowboy and that kind of thing, but that would be an interesting show. I've been invited to that one three times, and I never went. I'm pissed I should have gone. Then we had uh, the 65th Annual Missoula Gun Show. Never heard of it. Uh yeah, I don't know what that one is. I think I put some of them in here. I wrote this book three years ago now. Um, I don't think it's the one I went to in Missouri. I think I just put that one in because it was a large show. Uh, and that's been happening for a long time. I think that was my two requirements for it to be in this list was that it had to be large enough to be around for a while and then have to be going on for a while. So 65th annual, that's pretty long. Then you get the Pennsylvania Cartridge Collector Show. Come on. Cartridge Collector Shows all over. I put all the Cartridge Collector Shows, if you can tell. Kansas Cartridge Collector Show, September. Ohio Cartridge Collector Show in October. In October. 
Wanamakers in November, and then SAR Show, the largest gun show this side of SAR Show, or this side of Tulsa, happens the first weekend of December at the fairgrounds in, in uh, Phoenix. And uh, that's an amazing show, lots of full auto stuff there. Now we're gonna have to start adding some of the other things like Red October and um, Live Free or Die. Uh, if Crump's still out there, what's his thing going to be called? Gun... Dang, what was his going to be called? His was going to be called... Um, gun something. Not Gun Fest. What was it going to be called? So I don't know if that one will start up again or not, but uh, I'm going to start putting in these... Uh, what I'm going to call the evolution of gun shows, the taking gun shows to the next level where you have them at a range and you have some uh, exhibition and you have some orientation along with them. Gunathon, I think that's what it was called. Gunathon? All right, well, with that, uh, that, was, that was Idaho. And now we did uh, John Lott. Did anybody give us any ideas for organizations to talk about? Uh, DJ's first one to show up. Wesley's out there. Krabby Turtle is out there. Good evening. Crump is out there. Said hey to him. And then Smeggy showed up. Good evening. Gunmetal Guy is out there as well. Yep, Gunathon. Thank you. Remember, it was Gun something. So uh, with that, I guess. Um, we are only about a half an hour in. What else can we talk about that has to do with 2A? There's definitely a lot of stuff going on. I'll talk about the uh, weekly wrap-up. I was thinking about what to write at the beginning of the weekly wrap-up this week. I like to start it off with uh, contemplation on the week, and it already started off with, uh, with um, a bunch of good stuff. So each week we look back on the best things we found, the focus on what our Second Amendment protects, keeping consistent attention on both the important things in addition to the urgent issues at hand. They win when we cannot continue to fight. When we enable 2A activists to fight, or no, then I said we enable 2A activists to fight better and with more support. We keep a focus on why we are in this fight and the cool things they would have us forget and ignore. And I thank people for being part of our projects and helping us keep a consistent attention on this. We are on episode number actually 81 of the weekly 2A wrap-up series, which will make it episode 1340 of the Daily Gun Show series. And uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of interesting stuff happening. Uh, Brooke Cheney talked about 211, which is the national 911 for suicide prevention. Is that true? So that's pretty neat. And I know there's a 611. I don't want to get them mixed up. So, oh no, 211 is for everything. 611 is the one that's coming.
Oh man, right now 611 is an easy to remember, takes you immediately to the customer service department of a wireless company. So I guess it's not on the way yet. Oh no, that didn't work either. So I guess 211 is the number you can call. Let's go find out. Essential community services. Every call is kept completely confidential. They help you with finding food, finding mental health help, and other assistance, I guess, powered by people and not by emergency operators. Uh, let's see. And they partner with other organizations. So they're a comprehensive source about information about local resources and services that are local to you in, your, in the country. So they have more than 200 agencies across the United States with a team of compassionate, highly trained community specialists able to help access the local resources and services to address any need. It can respond to 21 million requests every year most of them are calls, web chats, and text messages from people that are looking for help meeting basic needs like housing, food, transportation, and healthcare. The FCC designated 211 as the three-digit number for information and referrals to social services and other assistance way back in 2000. I didn't know that. The 211 service is provided by more than 200 organizations that are committed to serving their communities. Uh, including Good United Way, United Ways. I never heard of that. Goodwill Community Action Partnerships and local crisis centers. Well, I know Goodwill's a scam, so that doesn't make me feel any better. Uh, let's see. So they'll help with disaster recovery, housing, utility, healthcare, mental health, and substance use. Uh, they ask you to call 911 if you're having a life-threatening medical emergency. Um, oh, look at this. So who knew about 211? So call 211 if you need assistance lo looking, locating long-term mental health resources, talking through a problem, or exploring mental health treatment options. Call 211 to speak with a live person who can help. Okay, so maybe I'm crazy and I thought it was 611, but it's like 211 or. Oh, I guess it is just 211. So you just call 211 and then they're going to take you to the suicide hotline or the veterans crisis line or a crisis text line or the Trevor lifeline. Oh, that's for LGBTQ and then another one for trans. I guess there's different. So there you go. So you got different uh, resources at 211, and that's what Brooke was talking about on Sun, uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, Gun Owners of America posted uh, one of their Minuteman moments that's not super happy that they've split it up into a series. I don't know what the deal is there. But um, this part three uh, was a really good one. In fact, it's worth listening to for sure. I would copyright the show if I felt like it. Uh, then you have 
Dragon Man's daughter hanging out in Phoenix went to the Patriot Ordnance Factory uh, place facility and did a tour, posted that on our channel. You've got NSSF is entering the realm of making political updates or Second Amendment aware updates. That's kind of interesting. They did a pretty good job of it too. Something like a four to six minute video and some girl just says all the stuff that needs to be said and uh, very nice. Uh, you got barbecue. I don't know if he's still out here. Yeah, he's right there. He did uh, some kind of show. He's trying to cork 4th of July, I guess. I don't know what he's trying to do, but he did that the other night. You've got the overnight happened over in the weekend. You've got a pretty funny video about guns from the Babylon Bee. I forgot who posted that, either Gizzard or Voss posted that. Then uh, we had Every Second Matters on Saturday, a pretty decent show if you want to listen to that one. Uh, everybody knows what leet means. Who doesn't know what leet means? Uh, then we have the reload. Um, you know, I like listening to the reload, but every once in a while I, I wonder why I like listening to the reload. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's another perspective. And I'd rather listen to the reload than the, the, the liberal gun club. But, uh, yeah, reload. It's an hour. I put in there that I don't agree with the idea of um, anybody, but especially new people who are new to guns, sitting there watching these videos about, like, encounters, lethal encounters with people. I've told them that's like if you were trying to teach someone how to drive a car and all you did was show them videos on car wrecks and not just normal car wrecks like fender benders like you would normally have but like the worst of the worst like cars that explode and cars that trucks that crush cars and cars flipping over bridges and stuff exploding and catching fire that wouldn't do anything to anybody that would be detrimental to someone trying to learn but it makes views people like to look at it for whatever reason gaper block type of bullshit so uh yeah i let them know I didn't, I didn't agree with that. Uh, thing is, you're not going to find too many people that scrutinize that kind of behavior or um, time spent. But let's say you were trying to learn guitar and all you did was watch somebody smash a guitar on stage. Are you going to learn anything about learning, playing guitar? If you're trying to play guitar and all you did is watch the end of a song where the guitarist at the end of a rock and roll band like smashes the guitar on stage you could watch that day and night because there's a whole bunch of versions of it like some people did it at the end of every concert end of every run or whatever like people did it as a stunt so you can watch people doing it you can see people that did it accidentally you can see people that did it as a joke as a parody of the people who did it right you can see like the joke version of it you can watch a ton of people smashing guitars and none of it is going to make you a better guitar player and that's what it's like watching this kind of stuff. But it makes a ton of views, and no one is going to suggest that you should. Well, very few people are going to suggest that you shouldn't waste your time. Are you going to be a better driver if you stopped and looked at every accident? Would you be a better driver if you stopped and talked to the cops every time there was an accident? Hell no. 
So it's ridiculous to watch that stuff. But anyhow, uh, Gunmetal Guy, if doesn't know what Leet is, just the fancy old-fashioned way of saying elite, like you're at the top of the game, like you're better than regular people because you can say words different than them. And I think it had to do mostly with just saying things faster. Back in the olden days of computers were kind of slow. So you'd say things a little bit faster. And that way you could say something that somebody else didn't know what it meant. You feel real good about yourself. And you had a little bit of inside pool, right? Everybody knew what they were talking about. The other people didn't. Also, it lets you have the right kind of jargon. You can immediately let people know your your position in the group right if somebody comes up into the gun shop and says i want one of them guns with a high capacity clip you know 100 percent of that person's knowledge of guns and awareness of guns and their position on guns what they think of the law so it's the same kind of stuff with computers or cars if somebody comes in and says i need left-handed blinker fluid then you know what kind of car owner they are right and you know Who's, what kind of friends they have, who sent them into the shop to buy that. Uh, if you buy, you know, if you go to the, the camping store and somebody comes in looking for a left-handed smoke bender, again, you're going to know how experienced they are and you're going to know what kind of friends they have. So every time somebody comes into a gun shop and says, I want a nine millimeter gun, I think of the person that comes in and says, I need a left-handed hammer or I need a left-handed monkey wrench. Although there are both left-handed wrenches and hammers now because people have extra time on their hands and some people think being left-handed is legitimate and encourage it by making things for those people. All right, with this, we're going to end this one. This is as much 2A as most people are able to take. It looks like we have 14 votes in there, which is amazing. I don't know how we got that many votes over on the poll. And what that means is, I'm going to end the poll right now, because there's no way for anybody to win except for North Dakota at this point. Um, next week, the people who are watching the show live today have determined the fate of next week for the people that are listening to this. There's a bunch of people that listen to this as a podcast, and they are effectively stymied. They're effectively living at the bidding of the people that watch this show live. And so on, imagine this, they're sitting there on a Tuesday or whatever day it is that they listen to this show. Let's say it's a Friday. And they're sitting there listening to this show and they're thinking about what they're going to be listening to on Tuesday. And they're hoping this and they're wishing that and whatever. But all them hopes and wishes don't mean nothing. Because if they don't show up and listen to this show live and then click the button to make the poll happen, then they don't even have a they don't even have any influence in the destiny of their own lives. So you people who are here today, you nine people who are here live who have just determined the course the of this of show. Good job. So uh, with that, we will be talking about North Dakota next week. Uh, wait a minute. Was Crump saying that GOA sued North Dakota? What? I guess we'll have to figure out what's going on with that. Um, Florida came in a distant second with only 35% of the votes. New York can suck it with 14% of the votes. And California can also suck whatever New York dripped out because they only got 7% of the vote. In my opinion, 
people don't even care about California and only twice as many people care about New York and then twice as many people as that care about Florida and then you take all those number of people and you cut maybe the California number away and you have that many people that care about North Dakota so that's what happened tonight that's why you should always be everywhere what does that mean sued in North Dakota I don't know what that means either you either sued North Dakota or you got sued by North Dakota? Dun, dun, dun. I guess we'll have to find out next week. You'll have to tune in next week and find out what happened in North Dakota with 2A. Is that where What's-His-Face lives? Is that where um, Paul Lathrop lives? Or is he in South Dakota? Where is Sioux Falls? That's where Paul is. I think it's Sioux Falls, South Dakota, right? I don't think Falls would work in North Dakota. They would be frozen year-round. It would be the North Dakota. It would be Sioux Ice Falls if it was in North Dakota. Not 100% sure, but I'm assuming that's how it is. All right, with that, there we go. Sued the ATF in North Dakota. Right on. Well, keep doing stuff like that, and I might consider respecting a GOA again. Uh, and then Crump put in a link to his Amaland article. Let's go take a look at that real quick. I'm assuming that means we can look at it. So this one is from July 5th. Oh, that's from today. Uh, GOA sues ATF over, private, over final rule on stupidly named privately manufactured firearms. Fargo, North Dakota. Gunners America. After Joe Biden became president, he tasked the ATF. The rule is due to go into effect in August. The other big issue is the suit is over 150 pages long. One of the plaintiffs is currently, if a customer brings, even if a firearm is built, another issue GOA has, the group is asking for. See how you read like that? If you just read the first couple of words of each paragraph, you get an idea of what the show thing's about, but... You didn't have to spend all that time reading the whole thing. And you don't get in trouble for basically reading somebody else's whole article on there. Um, look at how many ads there are in Amoland. I had no idea. I haven't been to Amoland in a while. It looks like Amoland is right up in Ruger's butt, though. Like Every one of these ads is all about Ruger. Um, so we have... I'm going to read this before next week, and then we'll talk about it next week, I guess. There's Crump again. You got a bunch of comments, which maybe we'll extrapolate on it even more. You got your sub stack in here? I'm starting to start getting ready to do my sub stack. All right. Well, that is an article about North Dakota, and that is timely. So with that, we will end this one. Thanks to John for the article. Uh, I'll put it in the description of next week's video so when you want to so in other words it'll be with the one for north dakota and not in this iowa video right so uh if that's okay with you i'll put a link to the amaland in the art into the show prep for next week right away i usually post that show right away this week um <clears throat> now nah. what does that mean yes i shouldn't or no i should yes but either way thanks for the uh, heads up on that and for showing up live.
with that, we'll end this one, and we'll be back to pick you up later. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. So let us know what you think. We'll be watching the comments wherever you find the video over on GunStreamer.com or on GunTube.org. Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon channel. The guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourages you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching GunWebsites.com.